Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We are talking every single episode of every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Here's Nikki. Here I am. Hey guys, welcome to the Nikki Glazer podcast, Wednesday edition. We got a special guest on the show today. Lisa Lampanelli is going to be here with us. Um, my policy on the show regarding guests is like only the best, right? Like, um, you know, I I love Lisa so much. She is someone who, ironically enough, after my it, it just perfectly timed because after I shared on the show, I think it was yesterday, that I was thinking about getting into more like self-help talks, public speaking, like away from just the cynicism and the escapism and the um, kind of, uh, what's it, the insincerity of stand-up comedy that is so much of what attracted me to it initially because you can cut everything that's painful with a joke and then you don't have to like go to the pain. And now that I've like 
been more into going to those places. Like it makes sense that comedy for stand up comedy for me was the perfect outlet to tell the truth that was in my heart, but also not really go to the painful places because what what is comedy? I mean, it helps us cope with pain by like not actually addressing it. If you're being honest with yourselves, like yes, it's very therapeutic. Clowns in hospitals, like kids need to laugh. Like laughing is good for your stress and your um, just everything, your health. But I think that a lot of times it's a defense mechanism. And I found that that's one of my biggest pet peeves of hanging out with comics is that you can't get a real conversation off the ground because there's always someone that's going to throw a joke in, everyone laughs, and then everything resets. And so you can't go back into that uncomfortableness that was just there. You know, like life is so uncomfortable that, you know, we I, – I, and I hate to reference Louis here, but, I mean, Louis C.K. actually did give me so many things in life that um, I refer back to. Um, he also taught me to – that I was very lucky to not have penises pulled out in front of me, but because of all the guys I hung with out with after shows and went up to their hotel rooms to like smoke pot or just hang out and write jokes. Like I just got lucky that no one did that to me. Um, but there's like pieces of wisdom. I remember reading something about like, he was just talking about phone screens. Maybe it was in his bit about like his kids on phones and stuff and him being a, a, just an amazing dad, um, which is always the, if you've ever noticed with certain comedians, like the world around them is crazy, but they're a good person. And when they do reveal bad things they do, they're never, they're always, it's, well, I actually for him, he, Louis did actually admit to some things that I'm like, wow, that's, it's great to hear you say that you're a bad person. But uh, the extent of it, I don't think was, we, we ever really reached that aside. Did he owe that to us? I don't know. Um, my point is he once – I was reading an article about how he would run five miles every day. And that to me, I'm not into that. But what he said was like there would be a point in it that he would want to quit. Like there's when you're running five miles no matter how – like it's, especially someone with his build. Like he's always – he knows that that is the, the amount of miles where there's always going to be a point where he's like, fuck this. Everything – my body's telling me to quit. The uncomfortableness where it's like you can – you know you have it in you to get through it because you've done it before, but you got to persevere past that. And that that doing that every day would teach him that he, you know, when there was a time on set where he would want to throw in the towel after a long shoot day or there was like, you know, sometimes I'm I, I reference that all the time. It, it just taught him he can persevere. Like I know that SEALs, I remember there was something about like the SEAL team or something. They They always say that when you want to quit, like when you're working out and you're in like a spin class, let's say one of those insane classes that I refuse to take that is just makes you want to pass out and like vomit because you're so exhausted. You have seven times that amount in you before you really, your body will really quit. They say it's just so much, it's mental fatigue. And I always reference this, but I love this. There was a um, radio lab about an, an endurance runner, this woman who would run, you know, these 120 200 mile races and she was a runner before that but never competed at that level she was in a car accident or something happened to her brain where a part of her brain was injured that had to do with short-term memory so she was regenerating she'd forget where she was constantly she had long-term memory but her short-term memory was constantly restarting and so she 
all of a sudden was able to do endurance runs out of nowhere. Like she went from being like maybe a half marathon runner to like these 200 milers and she could just go. And the thing that they discovered was that so much of our exhaustion when we're working out is because we know how long we've been doing it. So when you think it's the beginning constantly, you have this energy of it's the beginning. And when you don't know where you are in something, you know, a a road trip, say you're on the last hour and you're just like, ugh, or you have two hours left. The two hours are always the worst because it's not an hour. Hour you get like a surge because you're like, it's almost the end. But let's say it's like halfway through and it's maybe a 10 hour road trip. If you sometimes when I'm on a run or a road trip like that or a long trip or an exhausting day, I think about what's the energy I can bring to this that I had when I first started. That's more for runs. I did it the other day. I was at the last mile of my run and I was really trying to clock in at a speed I, I wanted to do. I wanted to beat the speed and I don't look at my time. I'm just kind of like, wait till it's over and I go, did I do it? And this last mile, I was like so tired. I was like, just give up and just know that it's going to be slower. And I was like, wait a second, let me just pretend like I just started running. And I swear to God, I looked at my map later on where it shows how fast you were that moment. Cause I remember where it was the tree I was looking at when I go, just pretend it's the first one. Remember that radio lab episode where that girl had a short short term memory and she could do infinite amount of miles. And I was able to like conjure some speed that I didn't know I had. And that brings me back to the Louie thing of like the uncomfortable, like we just don't want to be uncomfortable ever. And that's what's so helpful about our screens. It offers us an immediate distraction from whatever feelings bubbling up inside. When I reach for that like handful of food that I'm just going to mindlessly eat when I'm watching like the things we do, we we're checking out because we don't want to feel because feelings are scary and like they're the worst and we don't know what's going to happen on the other side of them. Sometimes I'm like, if I start crying, I'll never stop crying and then I'll drown in my tears, um, which doesn't happen. You don't die from feelings. No one's ever died from feelings, although maybe maybe there's some research behind that. But I just feel like I'm really excited to talk to Lisa today because she's someone who was I'm I, you guys, I'm not kidding you when I say her and Louis C.K. are the two people I went to go see live when I was in Kansas City going to school in Lawrence, Kansas, a comic at the Stanford and Sons Camp Comedy Club. As, you know, uh, an MC there, I would get to go to shows for free. And Lisa Lampanelli was one of the first comics I MC'd for. But before that, she came through the club, you know, and I went to go see her with Kirsten, my friend who you know. And I remember just how rapid fire this woman was in a way that, you know, it wasn't me being naive and like, wow, like I could tell the difference between good and bad comedy back then. I really could. And she was just someone that was had a line for everything. And, you know, she probably had the, most of the room convinced that she was coming up with this stuff on the fly, including me. But even looking back thinking, how did she have a line for that guy and that guy and that guy's shirt and that guy's hair and that girl's top and like just nonstop jokes. And it was because, I mean, she had wrote, written those jokes and used them and, and crafted it over time. But there was no one I could say that killed harder than her that I've witnessed. There's been very few. It was Louie and her that I witnessed there that like blew the roof off the place and my my I was gasping for air. There's few com- comedians that make me gasp and she's been one of them. And she also would say the most offensive things. I mean, very much cancelable for the stuff that she used to say. The slurs she used to like she used to really go there and and then, you know, the roasts she's a predecessor of mine that is was someone I watched when I would prepare for the roast and say, if I could only get to that level 
And then someone also who take a, took a lot of shit on the roast. It's one thing to be a woman on these roasts. It's one thing to be an older woman who um, is like uh, the, the one that's going to be the brunt of all fat jokes because she's a size bigger than the, the, the other girl on stage. So like one girl has to be fat. You got to have a fat woman on the dais because well, that's just such a gold mine. So she took a lot of abuse. Um, she gave it back. She obviously was in a lot of pain. She, um, and then I did the roast of Ronnie the limo driver with her on Stern. And this was the first time I had really come in contact with her since I worked with her in in Kansas City. And I avoided her when I worked with her because I was not one of these comedians that was like, will you watch my act? Can I have advice? I was just like, I suck. I'm going to stay out of the way and just learn what I can. And um, I, I met her at Stern. I was so nervous. I was doing the roast of Ronnie the limo driver. It was my, I think, first appearance on the show itself and um it was Jim Brewer me uh, and Lisa backstage and Lisa was so nice she had like a, a short haircut she dyed her hair green or blue or something and she was like this is my last roast this is my last time um I'm quitting stand-up and I'm I'm announcing it on the show I was like you're cool what are you talking about you're quitting stand-up she's like you'll hear all about it and then she goes up there she slays on the roast um, and then announces on Howard Stern while I'm sitting there that she's quitting stand-up and getting into self-help. She has a new podcast coming out um, called, what is it called? Something Losers? It's out. It's called Losers with a Dream. Losers with a Dream. I'm so excited um, about this podcast, but she's doing it with two, Noah, correct me if I'm wrong, she's doing it with two up-and-coming stand-up comedians. Yep. And Losers with a Dream, first of all, her <laughs> use of the word loser She's a loser. Like, she used to say that all the time in her act of, like, she was brutal, man. No one scared me more with how she could talk. Now, this this podcast is about her kind of discovering, her coming at stand-up comedy and, and, and kind of talking to them through the lens of, like, I've been through it and, and maybe tempering some of their enthusiasm or giving them lessons for what comes is, is coming and probably having a little bit of, like, Oh God, I kind of miss it. What's it like out there? And maybe I want to ask her about that too, because as much as I worry about stepping away from stand-up comedy ever in my future, because I've known nothing else, there's part of me that goes, I can always go back. Lisa can always go back. These farewell, we can all have Cher's first farewell tour. You know what I'm saying? Um, So uh, losers with a dream. Is that it? Yeah. Losers with a dream. Guys, subscribe to this uh, right away, like right now. Stop everything you're doing. Subscribe to Losers with a Dream. We're going to ask Lisa how this came about, what the show is, because I think it's right. If you're listening to my podcast, Lisa's doing what I'm kind of like headed towards. And whatever you think about Lisa Lampanelli, put it aside for a little bit. And maybe you already know her through my uh, You Up podcast, through You Up on Sirius. But put it aside and um, and maybe go familiarize yourself with her a little bit and watch some of her roasts and see how much this woman has changed. And I just, I don't know. I'm, this is all I hate. I don't believe in, I do believe in signs and I believe in God and a higher power. And that to me means like no free will more than that, more than like a guy in the sky. But I take my life. Like I, things have been happening to me that are shit that are sending me in the direction that I'm meant to go in. And guess what it all came from? It all came from a bunch of hate I got on the worst night of my life. 
and it all, everything that has precipitated that worst night of my life, which was a week and less than two weeks ago, has been all of these signs that um, I'm going to be doing, I'm I'm going towards what is good. And if you don't want to come with me, that's fine. And I'm excited to get advice from Lisa about this. Don't worry, besties. I'm not going anywhere. Um, This is the most gratifying thing that I do. And uh, that is not taking away from my live performances, which you should all get a ticket to, because who knows if this is my farewell tour? Who the hell knows? But I'll tell you one thing. I'm free as hell on stage. I'm excited. And um, Andrew knows none of it. Well, he knows a little bit of this. We talked about it last night. Andrew and I had a great night last night with our besties. Let's bring in Andrew. Andrew! Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Well, the weather is getting a lot warmer, and so your wardrobe probably needs an update. I know mine does, and it's so hard when you want to buy new stuff because you want it to last a long time, you want it to look really good, and you want it to, like, stand the test of time in terms of, like, fashion. At least that's what I want. And so that's why I love Quince, because Quince is all about effortless fashion that looks chic and timeless year-round. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. Washable silk top. They have so many chic jewelry pieces like these globe boho hoops. I love those. You could just blindly click and end up with such wardrobe essentials. They're not wasting your time at Quince. I love the Quince um, dress I got. I'm trying to find it because I want to say the exact name of it, but it's like this long sleeve dress, but it's like a midi skirt. It's so cute. It's like silky feeling. It's just, I've told you about it before. Okay, there's so much cute stuff on here. I got to go and get back to the podcast, but you know what to do. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Nikki for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E, Quince.com slash Nikki to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Nikki. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, Andrew. Good morning, Nikki. Oh my God, the color scheme over there is popping off, dude. <laughs> I like colors. The green these days. hat, the purple shirt. You got a lava lamp in the foreground of of the. I look my, like a human lava lamp. You kind of do. I have the body of a lava. That's lamp. so funny. The girls in Cosmo magazine, you read about what kind of shape you are, and it's like apple, pear. Lava lamp. <laughs> is lava lamp really? No, oh, oh. No, but it should be. <laughs> I do feel like my body, depending on like the the amount of soy sauce I have or mm. the amount of water I drink, and I know a lot of it could be in my mind looking in the mirror, no, but not. I feel so much softer within minutes of um, treating my body like shit. Like it's like instant for my body. It's, it's weird. Why do we do it then? Because it tastes so good. I know. You know, my body also goes through like softer phases, but it's always associated with, yeah, it's because I've been eating more or it's because I've been eating, um, I can't know what I crave. Sometimes you just crave soy sauce or like something salty. And you know what? If it makes your body puff up, as long as you're not like doing it and it's painful as you're doing it, I think that a lot of, or the pain on the other side becomes, is like if. If you can handle being a little puffy, then fucking eat your Puff soy away. sauce. Yeah. You know, like if it's causing you so much immense pain on the other side that then you might need to take away that pleasure that you get from the soy sauce. Right. But like it doesn't. I got a question. When you used to drink, if I had, I swear to God, if I had two beers mm. and one shot, you know, like something not crazy, I would wake up in the morning and look like I got ran over by a marching band that was on top of a train. It was <laughs> there. We go. There's a classic. Andrew, I saw your face and it, I was like, it made me want to. I was step like, Andrew, come on, you no got to nail this. You got to stick this, babe. <laughs> I can feel it. No, you did. You said when you said marching band, I was like, he's already got it. He's gonna do it. It was almost like watching a gymnast. Like, like you know how sometimes the commentators when <laughs> gymnastics know they're gonna stick it before they even it was stick a crate, it. The crates. I knew were you were gonna stick it. Because I have, I'm a, but I saw I'm an your expert. eyes like, come on, like you're really a Russian a, coach, like come on. I was the coach. I was Katie Ledecky's parents. You know where they go in the stands. Have you ever seen the, that footage? No. I think it's her parents. They would be like, <gasps> but dude, there's some <laughs> there's some people that can drink like 50 beers dude, in the next morning. You, they're like, they look like a million bucks. I'm I'm Puff Daddy today. My face, like, I, it's just, I was on a... <laughs> take that, uh, take that, take that. I was on a FaceTime earlier with a friend, and I was like, it was hard to look at my face. It was causing me to have all of these kind of, like, you know, everyone watching at home or listening at home, you know when, when your face isn't what you want your face to look like. <laughs> it's that, that hungover kind of face, too much salt, like, didn't get enough sleep, maybe got too much sleep face. <laughs> and I'll tell you, man, like, I just, I just laugh at it now. Yes. Like, the, the, the acceptance over it leads to so much less, because you know what? This is my fucking face. There's literally nothing I can do about it right now today. Yes, I can drink more water today, and, but nothing in the immediate moment is yes. going to change my face. 
and I just got to laugh because <laughs> instead of going like, oh, I look disgusting because I'll tell you, that was my first instinct this morning. You know, I, I wasn't in the best mood. I had to get on this call I didn't want to be on. Then I see my fucking pale face that's <laughs> puffy and I look like all the things that yeah. I, I, I see myself turning into that I'm scared of, it was on that camera. And I just didn't let myself go down there because I go, I got a podcast to do. I got an interview to do. I'm going to maybe try to go rollerblading with a friend. This whole day <laughs> will be fucking ruined if I let myself go to a place where I go, you are disgusting. And I let that in. Instead, listen, I did look disgusting. I know, but rollerblading can we... <laughs> But to be to go rollerblading, you I gotta know. be in a good mood. No, no, that's you gonna do. lead to a you lot do. of consternation. But I like and the idea of, of like I got a puffy face. I can't rollerblade today. Uh, like I can't. I, but you you know that's but I so agree. funny. I agree. I, I, I see what you're saying though. I, I do. used to in high school. My friends. I remember the first time my friends. This was. I mean, now I think this is probably a regular occurrence for girls. But I remember my friends did not have body image issues like I did. I was the first one to get them, and I remember. There was a pair of jeans that just, that for the first time, they weren't fitting. And I was putting them on to go to the mall or go do something with my friends. And I threw myself on my bed and I was sobbing because I, these jeans were so tight. They just felt uncomfortable. And I just Were felt, your rollerblades on when you were trying them on? Yeah. And that might have been the problem, honestly, <laughs> as I was trying to get those <laughs> wheels past the knee. Oh, it's tough with the brake. This was, and this was in the age of, like, you know, wide leg. <laughs> Um, no, they, they were just, I remember, I remember they were express brand jeans and they were, they had a stretch in them already and they were so tight and it was just, I was did, in 11th did grade they fit, actually. Did they fit like a month before that? Yeah. I mean, maybe a day before it was just, you know, I was probably yeah. ovulating. My body was puffing up, whatever it was. And I remember hurling myself on the bed, sobbing and my friends, I could hear, I get this a lot. I hear the silence from people who are trying to comfort me of like, this is out of our realm of we need to call in a specialist because this is i mean i've heard it from you before yeah, you've yeah. heard this the sobbing yeah. the like wild hatred yeah and it always stems from my looks like you've witnessed it and that was the first time i remember going i can't go to the mall because my jeans are too tight and it wasn't because they didn't fit or that there weren't other jeans i could put on it was those jeans and it wasn't like i needed to wear those jeans it was just i knew i was fat and I, it was uncomfortable with my body. And I said, I can't go to the mall. And I remember the, the how dumb that is because my body, I, it moves. I have clothes to wear. That doesn't make sense to not be able to go rollerblading because I feel ugly today. But I would say most most everyone understands that feeling of like, I'm so fat and ugly. Whatever oh. that means for you. It could be too skinny. Like there are days when I feel like I'm too skinny or I'm too old looking to go out like my mom I know feels that way sometimes of like I can't go to this party because I look too old and yeah. it's like well you're 65 so you're you're old but it is a college part uh, it's a frat she house have been at a kegger but she, you know <laughs> she's a fun lady and she is a fun lady you blur your eyes she has the you know the the stature of and, and the kind of, of body movements of a freshman it, yeah yeah that you can take advantage of because <laughs> listen um, how do you think I was conceived? Yeah, you know what I've done recently is I stopped with the mirror. Like, I'm not, I feel like, it, like Instagram, like, you, if you could lower, we should lo look at our usage of mirror time. Because I think if you can lower your percentages of mirror time, of like looking at yourself and dissecting yourself or whatever that is, it's not healthy. There I weren't really, mirrors back in the day. They would have to look at a, a like a, a shadow and they'd or be like, like oh, the, in the your reflection in the pond. That's Narcissus, you know that oh, he I saw his that. reflection in the water, and it was like that was the only mirror. And he became obsessed and wouldn't eat and like just 
and he got really cut and like super hot, and then he couldn't stop looking at how fucking his jawline popped out. Uh, even the then fish so were like, many, "What?" And he got so many disciples, so many fucking disciples. And uh, I was trying to think of something like in that yeah. were uh, a train boom, marching band, boom, boom. Uh, ham drip, uh, ham drip, and um. <laughs> But it's so interesting because I just was saying before you got in here how I am really tired of how comedy just takes the sincerity out of everything. I love comedy because it's helped me deal with so much pain. And you're great but just at like it. My, yeah. And because I'm good at it. But like I'm good at – I was also good at binging because that got rid of the pain. Like I was good at that too and it, and it served me. Like I'm grateful that I was able oh. to have anorexia and my binge eating disorder because – I don't look at that as like, or the fact that I would abuse pot and alcohol. Thank God for those things because the other side, if I wouldn't have had those things, I had no way of coping with it or like I would have reached for something more dangerous. Those were always the lesser things because I was trying not to die. Yes. But I think those were, I reached for those instead of a gun or instead of a bridge. Oh, you know so you're saying? saying comedy soothed when you were really in pain. Yeah, like I comedy the was the first way. thing. We, yeah. that's, people are in pain and, and I'm tired I'm in, of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not in as much pain. I don't want, I want to <laughs> yeah. sit in that uncomfortableness. I oh, want to get through okay. the pain. I don't want to need to cut it with a punchline. I want to be able to present things to an audience and have them sit in it. And and that's the thing. I can sit in it, but I want to protect other people from being in pain. So that's why I always have to go, JK, but I'm tired of doing that, and I kind of want to force people to be more uncomfortable. However, I'm not ready to do that yet. But what I was just saying was interesting yeah. because you said get rid of mirrors. To me, that's locking up the food and preventing yourself from doing the thing you want to do. Whereas opposed to – or that that is – As opposed to looking right in the mirror right at yourself and being like, this is who I am. And this laughing. Is, I, I laugh. Like yeah, the, I the, get that. I just want to give this tool to someone because I thought it would never work for me. And maybe – and you definitely use this a lot because you use humor with your body. Like you used to pull up your shirt and show your your tummy yeah. when it wouldn't be like an attractive stance. You'd have your gut out. You would try – and it was like you were leaning into the joke of your body, which – you know, you don't want to go too hard into that because then you are you're just always a joke. But, you know, on days when you just have a, a puffy face or a puffy body and you know that those days are going to come and they're also they can go away. It's not like you're just I don't want you to accept it or for myself to accept it like this is the way you are forever. That's not it. But I just go, dude. You look like a man today. Like, I'll look in the mirror and go, like, you're looking like a dude today. And it's funny. Like, yeah. It can be funny that, like, my face looks puffy. It doesn't need to be a tragedy that, like, I'm a burn victim that mm. has to, like, come to grips with the fact that this is my new face. And even if I were a burn victim, I think at first I would have a little bit of humor about it. But I just think that the next time – I'm just talking to besties now. The next time you look in the mirror and you want to say, ugh, or – and, and, and like pull at your skin, do all of that. Do, pull up your shirt, like sh see the problem areas that literally you grab see. your fat. Like you don't need to do that, but like <laughs> let's take it back as a second. Pull it over your dick. <laughs> pull your scrotum over your what penis, you guys. <laughs> but I just try this for me today, and I know it feels stupid, but if if you're my friends, I just wanted you to do this because when I started doing it, it just. I never thought it would work. And I just want to say I'm skeptical about any of the self-help, like, easy tricks. This one's a good one. The next time you look in the mirror and you, like, are going, like, ugh, or, like, I hate this part, just go, well, that's just, well, that looks hilarious. Just, like, make fun of yourself go, like, well, today is not my best day, but we're living. Like, laugh about it. Like, just in the, just give yourself a little 
ease with it. But that's the thing. We would write jokes about it. I know. And that's why I'm saying it's so funny that I just said I want to get away from that. But I'm telling people now with myself (laughs) to lean into it. But I swear there is laughter. I'm so, so grateful for jokes and that ability. Why have I not employed it? When I'm alone with myself in the mirror yes. before, I always use it for other people before they can make fun of me. I make fun of myself. Why don't I use it before I can badger and beat up myself and hate myself? Why there, don't I use it to to lessen the blow? And there is a big difference between making a joke about yourself and really like owning it and like making it making yourself feel better as opposed to just making a joke and still being sad about it. No, like there's oh, I think it's I don't think it's different. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's. Di- I'm saying that those two things are different. Like uh, comedians are like, oh, they're so open and vulnerable. They could joke about themselves. They must be fine with themselves, right? But there's a difference between uh, making yes. a joke about yourself and not really feeling the 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 you know the release from it, as yeah. opposed to really feeling the release from really like finding the real humor in it. I'm not even saying it. you can find you you have to feel the release. I want to be very clear about that because that's something that held me up of like look in the mirror and love yourself and tell yourself you're great and just like you know, I would have heard this podcast and gone Nikki, it's it's it I I'm st- I'm going to laugh at myself but I'm still going to hate my arms and think they're fat. You're allowed to. You're allowed to still walk away from that mirror and just fuck it yeah. in your arms. All I'm asking is that you try to make one li- you just you just tease yourself very lovingly for just one and it doesn't even need to work. But I swear over t- over time it will work. And you're right, there is a difference because sometimes I go on stage and I talk about what a slut I am uh that I have like I I insult myself and then someone will say it to me off stage and I'm like no, 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 no. Like, you don't get to talk. It's almost about, like, when you badmouth your family and then your friends do it. And you're like, wait, what? And they're like, well, I was just repeating what you said. And you're like, I can do that. You yeah. can't. So everyone today, if you hate something about your body, you look down, just go, well, I picked a wart on my leg. And now I have a really bad scar. And I bought some Mederma earlier at Walgreens. And let's talk to Lisa Lampanelli about it. Lisa! Oh, my God. Hi! <laughs> Hi, babe. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Lisa Lampanelli, thank you so much for being here. I am so of excited course. to talk to you. You can't even imagine the podcast you're coming into and the subject matter we're talking about. Oh, Andrew no. Collin is here, who you've met before and had a great Hi. like uh, back and forth with. Yeah. Uh, you, bo- you kind of like roasted him last time you, we were on. Was it you up? <laughs> Yeah, it was you up. I I felt down, but it was great after talking to her. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, as a retired comedian and retired roaster, just to get little shots in on a podcast is my only fix for pleasure right now in life. So I, I I'll try to resist. We'll let it fly because I've been backing off recently because it's just it's become too much for me to do it every day with him, and it yeah. sometimes because we live together it has a lot more it's not so funny as real and like has resentment underneath it and that's just that's not good for anyone and so i'm gonna rely on you to just like you know uh just come in and say what i can't i'll text you what i I, I, there's been some issues recently it's really really interesting because if i had to live with someone i would kill them than myself i don't understand how anyone lives with anyone i think it's it's just disgusting, and I feel. Have you lived like, with someone before? Oh God, yeah, I was you married had a twice. Oh wait, you yeah, had two husbands. Say, okay. Yeah, and I would say to them, I'd go, "Why the fuck are you always here?" And they'd be like, "Cause I live here," and I'm like, "But I pay all the bills, so get the fuck out!" Like I can't. Right. Okay, so Lisa. It, yes, I just. I'm just gonna. My- right now, I want to just quickly go over some some things that people need to know. 
Sure. Well, I already set this up in the top of the show, and I want you to know that um, you are one of the, you're one of the funniest people that's ever lived. One of the best comedians, the sharpest, the the fastest, the quickest, the just the wittiest, just elite level, Olympic level, like Simone Biles. And and you know what? Like Simone Biles, you go. This isn't working for my mental health. Yes. I'm yes. out. And yes. um, I and I talked about how. I got to know you closely. I was kind of overly intimidated by you. You come off, you know, a lot of people have a lot of preconceived notions about you being mean and uh, like, you know, just someone that you don't want to cross paths with because you might be in the line of fire. And I've kind of felt that way about you, even though I had seen you and know as a comedian that you're not the same on stage, whatever. And I had worked with you at Sanford and Sons years before and you were nothing but nice to me, even though I avoided you because I just knew as an MC, you don't want to be like, Will you watch my set, Lisa? Like, I was not that kind of comic. And if you're a comic right. listening, don't be that comic. Yeah, never. Um, never. But Lisa, I said, I met you at Stern. You were so nice to me. And then you told me backstage as we were about to go on, I'm announcing my retirement. And I was yeah. like, what? it was news to me. So you right. announced on the show, you were retiring from stand-up. I know you've covered this a, a lot before. What led to that decision? Oh my God, Nikki, I can't even tell you. I've been talking about this and I love it because it really helps me figure out why. And I retired before cancel culture was a thing. So thank God I kind oh, of got out before I was canceled. You would be so gone, girl. Oh God. Yeah, I, it's literally I canceled myself before they could get me. <laughs> the reason the reason really was, Nikki, I think this is really important and because uh, I went pretty deep with this. I just started to notice my life. Like we get on autopilot from age, whatever, whatever age somebody gets achievement oriented or, Hey, like me, like me, Hey, mommy, notice me. And we get on that, find something that works, feeds that hole inside. And we just stick with it. And at about age 50 ish, I think, which is like 10 years ago, I said, Oh, I notice I kind of get bummed out every Thursday when I have to pack and go away. Oh, I notice I don't love doing this kind of humor anymore. Oh, I notice I want to talk deeper with people. I want to connect and I'm only using comedy to connect and not connecting in my real life. So I was like, oh, I called my business manager. I was like, oh, I don't like this anymore. When can I get out? When will I have enough money? And because I'm smart, I don't want to be poor. So I just said, you know, we made a plan. And luckily, I was very blessed with parents who were depression era, taught us how to save. And I was like, dude, 57, I'm out. And I was stoked because everyone, thank God for Stern, took it very seriously. And I've been allowed to just kind of do what I want. So you put this plan into place at 50 and then seven, Mm -hmm. you knew that in seven years you could have the amount of money that you needed to say goodbye and, and, and pursue something else that might bring you also a lot of money, but who knows, you're going to try something new. Right. Well, I really thought that I would want to do like coaching and um, storytelling events and things like that. And the hardest part of retiring, I just read a book on this because it's so hard to find support about retiring. If you already have, it's not about planning financially. It's about What's the emotional impact of retiring? It's like, oh, you do it wrong three times before you get it right. So it's Mm. been three years of experimenting. What do I want to do or do I want to do anything? Dude, yesterday I literally ran six hours of errands and it was the best day of my life. So I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck? 
Lisa. But, then, but there's a balance. It's a huge balance. because you said ran it, six six hours. And I was like, oh God, Lisa, no. I don't think that's what you should be doing Girl, with your don't, life. Don't worry. I physically hate to move. So I just, <laughs> I just said, well, but if I did that for a week straight, I'd feel purposeless. And I think what I figured out in retirement is, and it's taken me a lot of tries, three whole years of trying and failing is do everything with a small purposeful feeling and you don't have to have purpose with a capital p so basically if i live without a goal with a capital g and purpose without a capital p then i get to just enjoy everything in my life with purpose so if i'm doing a podcast or if i'm coaching some comics with writing or i'm playing with my dogs or gardening or whatever it all has purpose, but it doesn't it doesn't look like a huge life purpose, which is exactly how we should all live. It doesn't look like um, you're going to EGOT with that. You're, there's no Emmys, no. Grammys. Uh, there's no Mark Twain Prize right. or uh, red carpets with coaching comics. And and I, I know what you're saying. The You know, we, we hear a lot of these things in self-help speak of like the capital P and it's like, well, what does that really mean? Like, and what you're saying is these things that these tangible medals mm-hmm. and honors and uh, likes and followers and all the things that obviously yes. we got into comedy to get in the first place was, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I wanted to be popular in high school. I mm-hmm. want people to like me. I And it's so ironic, though, to be someone that all I want is for people to like me. And so much of my act and my persona is... Uh, that people that don't really know me, not listeners of this podcast, but people think I like to offend people and that I'm, you know, and right. you too as a roaster, yeah. that was yeah. never the goal to, is no. to uh, alienate or offend. It was well, to it was, like it was, me. Well, it was the exact opposite because it was the exact opposite. It was going, how can I connect? Oh my God, look, I just insulted them and they liked me more because we have a gift to do that. Not all comics can do that. So if you have that innate likability, they go with it. But here's the problem. You do not ever get enough achievement, accomplishment, Grammy nominations, whatever it is that I got, nothing filled the hole. And the fact is, when you take it all away, you have a huge loss because even with a positive change like retiring Mm -hmm. comes loss. So any change is loss and you work through the loss. So I had a huge thing in the last three years, not knowing who I was, lack of identity, wow, I'm walking around going, what do I do? Do I have enough purpose? And it's like, oh, wait, I don't need any. I get to actually live and not prove myself. So these next 30 years, if I have that, I'm like, oh my God, can you imagine if I walked around every day and I didn't have anything to prove to anyone except Mm. like, I'm like a nice person. Those are the best, you ever notice those are the best people to be around. And when people start talking about achievement, you just want to like cut them off and go, doesn't fill this all. Like I have a lot of young friends. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I'm always like, I'm friends with a lot of millennials because I really think they get it and they understand how to change the world way better. My generation blows. So I was just like, okay, you know, I'm going to be friends with the millennials. I'm the world's oldest millennial. So I hear them talking about, cause they're all theater gays and they're like, oh my God, we want a Grammy and a Tony. I'm like, inside i'm going yeah you, you'll still hate yourself so i think it's but i feel like they can i just stop oh, real quick yeah. can we go get the charger for the computer because we're i forgot to charge the computer it's about to die and i just i want to hold this thought will you hold the thought that you were just about to ask yeah, the okay um well i just want to say lisa i that's interesting to me that i thought you only entered retirement with the plan 
of yeah. like knowing exactly like I'm ready yeah. to fulfill this purpose. So you 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 quit before you even knew what was going to fill that hole because you would you yes. you're, you're you're you led your you quit because you realized you weren't happy anymore. Like that's what right. that was the first thing. You're packing. You realize I don't want to do this. This isn't bringing me the happiness it's supposed to. Yes. Um, sorry, I want to repeat that. So you you you're packing. You realize this isn't bringing me the happiness it's supposed to. Right. Then you come up with a plan. You call your business manager. Seven years later, you get the money. You get secure enough to be able to quit. Then right. it's another three years or so before you even find the thing that yeah. you feel actually fills the hole that you weren't even really filling anyway with stand up or any of these achievements. And right. that is, but I, I'm wondering, someone like you. You prepared with a safety net financially sure, uh, to goodness. enter it. Yeah. Did you not? Did you not foresee the the emptiness you might feel? Of did you think the only problem was that it wasn't making you happy anymore? And if you just stopped, then you would be happy? Was that? No, no. I, I the, thought. Yeah. I, I when I was on Stern, I think you might remember. Um, I had thought the things I. I thought I wanted to coach people, life coach, mm -hmm. and I thought I was on to give workshops, food and body image workshops, and I yeah. did some of that. And then I was like, oh wait, I'm just trying to get achievement from that. I'm just trying to be like working at all these high-end yoga places and be like Little Miss Food and you know, you know, food and body image consultant and all this crap. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just doing the same thing, insert different career. And I go, you gotta stop all of that. And thank God for the pandemic in a way for me, because it was like, oh, all that stops. And you got to see what, what comes in, because what comes in is the connecting to the right things and noticing what does give you a little bit of joy. And again, your life isn't happy all the time, but it's like, oh, today, for instance, OK, this is my day today. OK, I got to I mean, it's I'm, it's so like ingrained in me say, to say I got to instead I had to. It just gets ingrained yes. when you work on yourself. I was trying to become common it. knowledge. Yeah, I like tried, the, uh, uh, the thing that is hard to change those those things that people go, don't say you have to say you got to. You go, OK, yeah, I'll, I'll never actually just say that on my own. But yeah, you, find, eventually you just finally you go, oh, my God, I don't yeah. say I have to anymore. Like these it, things it's really work. yeah. It, it, well, it works because you do it and you finally clear out enough of the trauma that, you know, was holding you back and kept you a victim and you felt put upon. So like today, for instance, my day is, oh, I get to, I'm like painting this door in my house very badly. There's no way I don't have to call a professional painter after this shit right. that I did today. But it was fun. And I go, oh, that was cute. But also, Nikki, I was shocked. Grief came up. Because I was like, oh, I bought my parents' house and I live in my childhood home and I love it. And I'm like, oh, could dad have painted that better? Like, I felt like I was letting my father down. Right. So the grief comes up. So, oh, my God, I got to feel my feelings. That was cool. Then I got to talk to you, despite Andrew being there. What do you, then do? I got what do, you to... do with that grief, though? Let's go back <laughs> to you that cry. grief. You cry. You literally... Cry? Yes. Okay. Well, what did you did you just sit there and paint and cry, or did you no, take no, a no, breather no. and sit down? Did you call someone? Did you journal? Like, I want to know when that okay. pain comes up. Sure. What do you do with it? Like, how okay. do you get, release it? Okay. I literally, I'll tell you step by step. It just happened like two hours ago. Okay. So I paint the door because I read all about how to paint a Bilko door, which is a metal door. So I got this cool lime green paint. I'm like, yes, girl. So I got my painting clothes and my freaking mask and big lesbian look. And I was like, okay, here I'm doing it. And I looked at it and I was like, I gotta call a painter. So I called, my friend Cindy had called me about something. She's really spiritual and cool. And um, 
I go to her, dude, I think I have to retire the idea of me being an outdoor painter. And she started cracking up and she's like, why? And I just started crying. It just came up because I'm very, ever since the last three years, I mean, I've just been working with trauma therapists and getting so much access. The feeling mm. is just calm. So I just go, dude, I, I, I'm terrible at it. The door's ruined. I'm, she was, well, what's coming up? I said, I, that the thought that my dad would be able to do it better. I'm sad he's not here. He'd probably be not disappointed in me, but like my father would always be like, oh, why even bother doing that? You have money, pay somebody to do it. So the fact is it just came up. I cried a little. I was like, wow, that was very cool. And just the understanding of it doesn't mean it'll never happen again, but it helps you just pass through it. Cause you, as we know, you can't go around it. You got to go through it. So then I was able to call you. I was like, this is fantastic. So your day kind of does always look good if you just feel the feelings. I do cry a lot. I've cried every episode of Ted Lasso, I, even the happy ones. <laughs> I mean, and I was watching like, it last night and you're, that's what I was going to just get to about Ted Lasso. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up is that why, why, you know, you found yourself going into self-help. You wanted to get all in the best yoga self-help studios and you were looking to achieve these, um, yep. the Grammys of the self-help world, let's say, and, right. and the uh, the Oscars. Right. So wh- why can't it be both? Why can't you help people through those classes and, and coach people through that while also making the big bucks, operating at this like elite level of that? Um, why can't... It, I understand that it's a kind of like a, a gross thing to, and, and superficial to tr- to be motivated by those things more than the helping. But mm-hmm. clearly you were still helping people in those seminars sure, that you were giving. Sure. So what yeah. was it that made you abandon that entirely and go, I want to shift into something that's maybe not as lucrative or as uh, esteemed? Well, I think it took me 20. I was in comedy 31 years. So it took me about 21 to figure out that it wasn't fulfilling anymore. Mm-hmm. It I found it unfulfilling to do the other stuff. I was good at it, but I was like, oh, I noticed a lot quicker. So now I notice quicker what doesn't work. So I was like, oh, that was fun. Oh, those women gave me great feedback on that. It helped them that weekend, that that weekend retreat I gave or whatever. But then I was like, oh, you know what? It's not right for me right now. And it's cool because you get to examine. Like, look, I discovered within an hour that I can't paint and I don't like it. I d- so you just get better. Yeah, this practice. isn't. You didn't take on the whole house and decide to paint it right. and 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 start taping everything and go. Oh, now you're realizing you get one side of a door done and you go, this ain't for me. Yeah, and you can yeah. you can find. But if you painted for twenty years, you'd become a hell of a painter. That's exactly. True. And I also was a hell of a comic. Yeah. But- but what you want to know what's interesting? If you ask me what I accomplished in my life that meant something to me, and I, again, I think I, I didn't tell you this, I don't think, but a girl was doing her master's thesis one year when I was very famous. She did a paper on me and my style of comedy. And she asked me my 10 biggest achievements, and I'm just naming them. And she goes, do you realize all 10 things you said were about family and friends that had nothing to do with career. So that's part of noticing going, Oh my God, I'm not even naming the big stuff. Yeah. So it's not that it was meaningless. I still get letters from, especially like gay guys and interracial couples and all saying it really helped them to laugh at themselves and thanks for calling me out and this and that. But so I, I get it. I was really good. I was a badass when it came to roasting. I cracked up because I had a game night for labor day and 
I print on the back of old roasts and things like that because I don't want to waste paper. I'm so woke now. So <laughs> I um, had people keeping score and they go, what is on the back? And they're reading like, thank God for the Jews. And I'm like, oh, that's like roast stuff. <laughs> that's but, so, so I recognize how freaking badass I was. Like I'm an, I really had embrace whether anyone knows it or not, I literally think I'm a retired legend. Like I literally, you you're an Olympian. Think, I think so too. And what you're you know, allowed it's funny. To, to be retired just because you're good yeah. at something and could still do it doesn't right. mean you have to keep doing it. Like you've already proven yourself. What I was thinking that with Simone Biles, right. like she already yeah. has. How many? At what point do we go? That's it's enough, enough yeah. golds like or Oscars. I remember when I had a conversation with Jennifer Lawrence once and after she won an Oscar, she was like, I was really having this moment of like, what next job do I accept? Do I chase yeah. the Oscar, the one that's going to win me an Oscar? I already have one. Is it going to, am I going to double the feeling that I got that night? No. no. And, and by the way, the feeling that night isn't that great. It's not. Like, and let me tell what? you Those... the best part. Yeah. Let me tell you the best part of being nominated for Grammys. I, okay, the first time I fucking hated it because I made a big thing out of it and I had to get the big dress and the, bring the whole family. The second time I got nominated for Grammy, I said, I'm not even gonna go, it's so stupid, it's no, never fun. And then I go, wait a minute, my dad had just passed about six months before. I said, I'm gonna bring my little niece and nephew. We're gonna get some of my dad's suits tailored to look like for the red carpet. And we all wore like my dad's clothes all like judged up from a tailor. And we all lied and said, we were nominated for best Swedish folk band because they're so blonde. And at the time, so I was mean, I. And so what that, a great night. So in other words, people listening, all you have to remember is, I, I don't like platitudes, but you have to sometimes just say them. We are enough. We are born perfect. We don't have to prove one more thing. If I never was a comic, I earned a life. And yes, I was, I never will shit on comedy has given me a great career and thank God financially, at least I'm stable. But Jesus Christ, enough. Nothing fills the but whole like connection. Do you feel like though, without chasing those goals of a Grammy or being a legend, mm -hmm. you know, you, you got fulfilled in so many other ways because of chasing these even if they don't fulfill you at the end, like if you're telling a young comic, like, hey, don't chase this, then maybe they won't be as motivated to be a great comic. And, 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 you know well, what no, I mean? No, no, no. I, 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 I get that totally. And what I say to the, the guys I coach, because I'll plug shamelessly plug my podcast. Mm. Um, I do. A I've already done it, but yeah, no, like no, but I, I, I talked about the top, but I want to get into your, I can't wait well, to this talk is about this podcast. This is what's important. Exactly what Andrew said. I'm so thankful. Andrew's proving himself useful once. Um, man, it, you, that he, door really affected you and it <laughs> came out on my head. No, I love you, man. You know, I, I love you. you. I love you. I know um, it's the best. No, the way, the way I bring it up, the pot, the, I brought the podcast up because the way it developed was I coach these two guys. And they are, I would say, two, three years into it. So they're funny, and I know they're funny, or else I couldn't coach them in comedy. Sure. Well, the way I look at it is I never tell them chase a high. Thankfully, one of them, one of them is in recovery, so he already gets that chasing the high is bullshit. So I go chase connecting with that audience. Chase 
the fun, the fun, the fun. I said, if we don't have three listeners to that podcast, I don't give a shit because Nikki, I have loved two things in my life as far as loved every minute of dot, dot, dot. When people say that, I loved every minute of planning my wedding because I didn't have a budget and I was fucking rich and I didn't care. And it was so much fun (laughs) to plan that wedding. And I love every minute of recording this podcast because it's deep, because it's funny and it's a lot of depth with two friends. And here's what I think. Instead of telling them to chase listeners and likes and downloads, I go, don't even look at how many listeners. It doesn't matter if we make one penny. I'm already rich. I'm having a good time with you guys. So I discourage having big goals. I encourage the small (laughs) goal of connecting with that audience and having somebody go, oh my God, I learned a little about myself. Oh, you helped lighten my day. It feels really good. So that's why what happened was, so to, to segue in, I had met these two comics. My niece had asked me to go see them. Now I do anything for my nieces and nephews. So I said, okay, even though, you know, when a niece or nephew says, come see my friend who's a comic, you know, you're going to want to kill yourself because they're going to suck. But I go to see these guys and they're actually pretty good. I start coaching them, but then I overhear their conversations and they're two straight millennial guys. And I'm thinking, I've never heard deep conversations like this from straight men. It is Mm -hmm. ridiculous. So I go, that's a podcast. And I walk away. That's all I said. And then I start thinking, I go, that's a fucking podcast. And I want to go on and read them the riot act and coach them after they talk about deep shit. But if they won't talk about deep shit, I don't want to freaking participate. So they committed to talking about a huge issue every week, like acceptance, um, vulnerability, fear of success, like all the stuff we really need to unearth within ourselves. And I go, if you can't go deep, then we're not doing it. And dude, every second I have such a blast. And again, of course, like with Andrew, you know, the roasting comes out a little when yeah, I Yeah, you got to temper it with jokes, but. but, but I mean, it really is, uh, the reason I like it, and by the way, it is once again called Losers with a Dream, available everywhere. And that's, by the way, a roast line, if you remember. I used to. I was gonna say, you yeah. were, you you use the word I loser so, um, so artistically that yes. you, like I when I read that title I, I heard you going loser like it, <laughs> it almost hurt my soul to hear it because it's such the yes. way you would brandish that word was uh, well, lethal well you know it was from an actual we were sitting down trying to figure out what to call the podcast I'm like well you know like because you're both a couple of losers in every way comedy. <laughs> I said I'm a loser too because I don't know what I want to do with my life if anything maybe I just want to sit on my ass and paint the fucking door I said you know what in the comedy roast Nick you'll remember you make fun of the whole dais first everybody on the stage then get the, the roast uh subject so I would go but enough about these losers with a dream Ugh. How yes. about William Shatner? Or yes, what? yes. So I said, you can take my title because I just think that's such a funny phrase. So it's, that's what we it's do. It's great. It's a great title. I just picture Martin Luther King saying the same thing. The losers <laughs> with a dream. Like it's that's a different us. speech. It's a different. It's, I'm still it. motivated. Yes, it's, um, I love it. Everything about your podcast is what we do here on this show, and that's what this was all built around. Was I? I yeah. just wanted to create a podcast that had no agenda of like having to be comedy. It oh. could be it, it days. It, there's days that is not that funny. That's why I have Andrew here because he is. Uh, he's 
less comfortable in the uh, moments going really deep. So he'll cut it with humor in a way that relieves yes. everyone listening. And right. sometimes I forget that person listening needs just something to to make it, to levitate the moment from this depth of like sadness. Because yes. sometimes I get on here and I like will cry and and get really sad. Of course. And, and and it doesn't like that's my problem with like therapy and self help is that it just has to be all or nothing and it can't be both and and when you do inject too much comedy it comedy for me I look I was just saying Lisa I because I look at my eating disorder which I've been in recovery from for a year and a half now I thank you I um I look at that I never look back and go god that sucks that you lost all those years with it like I now look at my addictions as like thank god I had them and I look at comedy like that too like I'm if when I I'm I'm veering towards retiring from stand-up as well and yeah. i'm just starting to like wrap my head around that because when you first told me about that i, I thought there's no way i'll ever do that well, i would never want to do that i'm too competitive i can't let these young pe- <sighs> people who are right in my t- like right behind me do better than me but you know what they've people have always been funnier than me people have always well, been achieving more than me it's gonna keep happening and honestly i don't the pandemic made me not care anymore like right? i mute the people that trigger me and i forget they exist and the ones and then when i do remember they exist i go oh my god i'm not really jealous of that person anymore i like wish her a lot of success actually and well, that's just know, I think doing the I, work well it, it is the internal work it's all an inside job and where you've seen early on by the way you referring to someone as a young comedian makes me laugh because you're the young comedian well, I've been doing in my it 17, book, 18 years now no but know? what i mean is you know you're, you're sure no and I, I know that know. but she it's... looks older in person <laughs> you're so, i love you so much right now <laughs> I mean, i'm gonna replace what? you with a roomba yeah uh, they'd be funnier <laughs> that what? damn young roomba yeah i mean <laughs> I think what's great is you are, I said to you last year on the podcast, you and me did one during the heat of COVID. Oh, I was so depressed. And I was in a lot of, I was going through deep trauma therapy at the time. Mm. So that's kind of helped me a lot because when you have to go really deep about like what your real issues are. And I think me and you really talked deeply about, I said to you, I said, Nikki, please do a better job than I did at setting up your life for a better uh, outcome when you're done with this, because I hadn't been as close to people as I want should have been. Um, I didn't, the only rewards I think I reaped from comedy for sure were a good living, but I had to miss these birthday parties of the kids. I had to miss this. I had to miss that. And I'm like, man, from age 50 on is when I actually started, you know, being present in the lives of other people and showing up and working on the big, big issues that are buried down there. So I think it's great that you're thinking of the next step. I I can't wait. I'm grateful for you to pave the way. It's so funny to always have you referenced you as someone who paved the way for me in stand up and for you to pave the way as like a Simone Biles, like I was really moved by Simone Biles yes. being like, yes. this is too much. I already have, like, I don't need to do this event or like, I'm going to just drop no. out. And it's like the Olympics, you can't drop, Nikki, you couldn't drop out of stand-up comedy <laughs> when you are getting, you know, given specials and TV shows. And it's like, I, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Well, if well, I don't like great. it. Well, no, of course not. And the, the great thing is you will have, uh, again, it's, it's not going to be us. it's not going to be an easy transition but what i know about you is you can't hide anything and i like this and i'll tell you why i'm bringing this up when we were in that documentary hysterical 
Oh yeah, um, on FX. what a great documentary! Jesus Christ, and, you were great in that. that oh, was, thank you. Yeah, well, I had many friends call me and say Nikki was so fucking cool when right after you said you were retirement. They, they cut to something of you saying, oh, my God, she escaped. She got out. Something like that. <laughs> and, and being like, uh, uh, like I was a prisoner. So meaning that you feel that way, too. And I'm like, all I wish for her, because I send you such love all the time just in my mind. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I hope she knows she doesn't have to do anything she doesn't want to do. And the fact is, money's great, but does it ever do anything for you other than pay for seven days a week therapy if you need not really like you know it's it a, just it's a, makes it so if my parents get cancer they won't get worse cancer worrying about bills that's to me well, is what yes. money gets me yeah. is like my mom when she eventually gets something that's going to take her down because everyone does sure that i know stress when you're physically sick makes yeah. your sickness worse and so whenever we get a diagnosis in the family for someone the fact that I can maybe bail them out financially will make them yes. live longer. And that's why I accept gigs. Like, that is it. Like, uh, and. Well, well, I think I that's just a need good, that seven year plan uh, well, with my I, business manager. Can I ask a question? When Wait, you, well, let me say, let oh, me sorry, say really sorry. quickly. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, I just want to say about that whole money thing. First of all, I had the same goal of you as you did. I remember when my dad got sick, he had like, oh my God, seven months that they didn't have the money to pay for 24 hour nurses. So I paid for that. And of course, my father insists to pay me back out of the will or whatever. Who gives yeah. a shit? So I, you and I are motivated from the same, uh, in a same, similar way. We want to take care of and the people bags. who we love. And uh, see that. I'm just kidding. I have yeah. no, I, know, I, I know, wear a fanny I know, pack. I know, I know you're not like that at all. But what's funny is people Well, you need a place to put the ashes. <laughs> yes, true. People don't understand how, how I, uh, how the people don't understand how I sold all the purses and shoes and furniture, like all the stuff that was that bought out of lack, you know? Yeah. And I listen to the minimalists a lot, this podcast that I love. And this is so true. They go, you don't have a better life by adding things. You have a better life by subtracting things. And I'm like, wait a minute. If I think back to the things I've subtracted, a husband, three houses out of four, a career, bad friends, impulsive social media bullshit. I'm like, wow. Oh, my God. My life's better by taking You're things right. out. So and taking out the purses and the shoes. And then you could do something with that money that helps your dad or your mom. Yeah. And you just go, man, how the hell is my life this happy? So it's through struggle of working You're on right. yourself. That stuff doesn't come easy. Those lessons are hard won. But you're already on the track at your young age. I always picture you. you I, I imagine you're about 30. Are you about 30? I'm 37. Okay. So yeah. you are so ahead of the game. I am so happy for you to, to even be having this in your uh, consciousness at all right now. Because 37, I wasn't even, I hadn't even made it yet. So right. I'm really, I, I I feel I lost some years, but damn it, I'm making up for it now just by sitting around and trying to paint a fucking door. That's yeah, what my life. I mean, it, it just proves it. I don't think there's nothing, you know, before you retired, there was a, a little bit of me being like, well, see if she likes this. And if she's really, I mean, she's making a move here, but is it is it because she is not as famous as she was anymore? Now she wants to get out because it's like, right. you know, and I, I, I didn't even think those things, but people could have said those things about your choice at that moment to sure. get out. Like, you know, your star was huge and like everyone in the business that's another fear of mine is this this 
being built up and there's always going to be the roller coaster has to go back down you know like the pendulum always swings the other way so when I get things and people go second season of F-Boy Island oh my god Nikki you are killing it you're on tour selling out theaters I'm just like it's gonna go away and I'm not saying that to be a pessimist I'm just saying I can't get too excited because when it goes away if I'm if my worth is based on that or my looks which are also going to go away what do I have so I just like to keep it like just like yeah i'm happy about f boy island season two but that show will be canceled come someday because it's called f boy fucking island you know like yeah, that yeah, can't yeah. that's not gonna be survivor <laughs> or you know seinfeld right. where we walk away graciously that'll right, be taken right. from us from our cold dead hands so well, it'll be warmer on an uh, island andrew before we go to break uh, i want you to get in your question and then we yeah, won't I'm answer it and go that. to break yeah, ahead, yeah. So, you know, just stop me before and we could go to break before I'm done even asking. Um, so I was going to do that. And yeah. You just ruined my joke. But, <laughs> but ask your question. <laughs> Let's go to break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Andrew, <laughs> welcome back. Andrew, uh, let's let's hear your question for Lisa that you've been trying yes, to get sir. out for the past hour. No, so, you know, you guys talk about, like, all or nothing. You don't like the fact that it's all or nothing. We live. We have a profession, right? Like, if you wanted to do stand-up, let's say... Once every three months or once mm-hmm. every two months and just get that feel of selling out a show, fucking crushing. Granted, you might not be as good because great you're question. not writing as much. You're not performing as much. So you won't feel as great about your own, you know, your own jokes, maybe. But maybe you write some new bits and you just get that feeling of like that high again. Right. Like, why do we have to say I'm retired? It's over. Well, done. Because- when well, we're in a profession that, like, because, like, my dad was a doctor, right? My dad's an oncologist. He retired. Uh, yeah. He ended up getting cancer, actually. He's fine now. Uh, he had breast Thank cancer. God. He had big tits. And wow. uh, had to cut one off. But whatever. Boy, so he, he has it in his fanny pack. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> he carries it around now. <laughs> Andrew does. Well, it's beef jerky now. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but my point is, is, like. He he couldn't then go, hey, I'm going to go into the hospital in th- every three months and just get that feel of, like, connecting with his patients again. We well, have a can job. I, can I? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. You like a long question, which I respect. Well, it was um, more of a soliloquy. No, I, I do. I like it. I like it. Uh, your monologue was terrific. You don't get the part. Um, if you cut me, do I not bleed? Yeah, uh, no, I okay, here's my feeling. Why am... Why is somebody allowed to do anything? Because they want to or don't want to. So I could tomorrow, my manager says to me, she goes, you know, you're hilarious because I told her only accept gigs where I can talk about myself constantly. So I do a lot of podcasts. I don't want to go on stage anymore. Yes, maybe 
I can't even imagine wanting to do it again. But if I did, I could be like, let's do it. But you don't do it for the high. I think that's where you and I are making a disconnect here. I don't want to do anything for a high. I yeah. want the high. Is this. I want. Okay. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Let me yeah. finish. I want peace, contentment. Does that come from chasing anything? No. I read a quote that was so beautiful. I cut it out. I was like, oh, my God, how beautiful it is to not be chasing anything or working working for acceptance at anything. And yeah, I do a killer job on that podcast. Believe me, we prepare. We fucking have meetings every week. I'm like, you guys are going to get deep. So I have a great time with it. But I'm like, the high is just being like, oh, man, that was really fun. So I've never been a risky person. I've never done anything physically risky. All my risks were on stage. All those risks are kind of bullshitty because it's like, what Lisa, was I trying to prove? What's the difference, though? Because I think this is what Andrew's getting at. What's the difference between having fun on a podcast and feeling that that joy that you get from having a deep conversation with your friends? Hold on and, one second. Hold on. You're fine. Yell. You're fine. Parker, shut up! Okay, go ahead. <laughs> is that, you're what, so is that your other co-host? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the mailman's What's the here. difference between having fun on a podcast and... Andrew, you know, Andrew's someone who goes on stage and he really, I don't, I'm numb to the audience loving me or the applause uh, or the massive crowd. It's not that I'm, I don't want people coming to see me thinking like, she doesn't even appreciate us. I appreciate it so much that I feel like I don't deserve it. You know, like that's kind sure. of how I, I numb myself because I just feel like an imposter, right? It's not because I resent the audience or think that whatever. Um, I just don't want the audience to hear that and be like, why would I buy a ticket to her show if she no, doesn't feel it? I just can't let it in because it's too much and I feel like I don't deserve it. Andrew will get off stage and he'll kill for 10 minutes and get off stage and be in a really good mood all night because right. he had fun and yeah, and because they liked you. I mean, like, whether your fun is based on if they like you, let's be well, honest. Yeah, like, sure. It's not, you can't, rarely do people bomb and have fun still. Yeah, and so, I'm not a truth teller. I'm not like, oh, I got out what I needed to say. But what's, in, <laughs> you know, but what's the difference between what he's doing and the feeling, the joy he feels after that and something that's an unhealthy pursuit of, uh, well, is, is that a healthy pursuit is that he's getting a high and a, and a joy from no, 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 bringing no, people I th joy? I think, I think the only unhealthy thing Andrew's done here today is to think Skip that breakfast? I said, no, to think that I am saying everyone should retire. So he's taking it personally, which is one of the four agreements. You're not supposed to take anything personally. Ah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not taking oh, it personally. Well, you are. Is defensiveness? No, 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 you are. No, no, no. In other words, I'm saying I am happier this way. I'm not prescribing this for you, but you uh, are very angry at That's the end. Yes, I, I am. I'm very, I'm, I'm very oh upset. God, as if I'm saying, oh, Andrew, get out now. But I don't have enough money yet, Lisa. Lisa. I don't have enough money yet. He has been conditioned. He's Pavlov dogs by yeah, me yeah. because I have a lot of the same kind of things. I, I A lot of the things you're saying, my listeners have heard me say in the less articulate ways, more clunkily ways. But I don't have what you just described so much of is which this is what works for me. I, I often come from yeah. a you should perspective and he hears yes. that all day. So I think that's oh, what I'm so, oh, that, yes. that is me, why he's me. interpreting it that way. I've conditioned him to be that way and I got to take responsibility for my part in <laughs> you that. Do. But you're I right. Like, you. you're, but I also took that that way too. When I heard that Lisa retired, I was like, boy, that looks nice. And I even remember doing the interview for hysterical and saying she got out knowing that I would never get out because it's not 
I was not in a place ever that I realized anything in life could bring me as much joy as working myself to the bone and being the best and 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 honestly never feeling like the best. No uh, no special, no review, no no right. um comedian who I super like like no Gary Goldman telling me that I was a, a great comic. No other great comics who I put on a pedestal complimenting me. None of it ever landed. I'm not kidding you. None of it. Never did I actually think like you know because people would say it was funny and I could always go well they're not a comedian they don't really know they're like yeah I've tricked the masses but when a comedian like Gary Goldman or like you know you or anyone would say it was funny I would still think that I tricked you 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 haven't seen me enough you just like me because I was nice to you in a green room and so you're gonna say I'm funny Mm. like I never let it in even the Netflix specials the people at Netflix I tricked them they saw one good set where I followed someone who kind of set me up to kill like it was always an excuse and whether or not that's true which by the way it can be true those things could have been true true. they're probably not because that would be insane coincidences that everyone that's like me has been tricked but it could be true let's just say that even given that i think that i've realized and and this is so interesting and the part the point you made about like me being pretty young to discover these things my friend emil joachim he's 23 years old he is just such a great comedic mind, diligent, kind, just one of my best, one of our closest friends, young comic that I just was like, oh, this guy's going to, if he sticks at it, he's going to be famous no matter what. He recently got a commercial and uh, JFL and all these things. And he said to me, I saw him recently and he goes, can you just like talk to me about like what it's like to get things for you and like how it's, it made you feel to like start getting things when you start getting things. And I was like, honestly, it just... I know this is such a a platitude, so trite, but it doesn't it doesn't make you happy, and I I truly know that now, and that's why I'm I started to talk to him about like I want to get away from it. It's not doing it for me, and he goes, I got to be honest, I I feel that way. Like he, yeah, and I don't want to burst. I don't want to say something that he wasn't. Pre- I'll I'll check with him to make sure it's okay to say this. But he said to me, I was just like blown away that a 23 year old had this kind of perspective. He goes, when I got JFL, when I got this commercial, I felt like an imposter. I felt the stress of having to live up to the expectations. My life is so much more worse now. Like my stress levels and my discomfort Mm -hmm. and my sleeplessness and my anxiety are so much worse because of these things that I thought I always wanted. And he goes, this is not a harbinger of good, of good news for my future of my goals. And, and that, and I was like, yes, you see it. You're you, you've acknowledged it. Right. But that's only part of the work. Because yeah, you, don't first need step. To, you don't need to quit something. He doesn't need to now quit. You just need to acknowledge I, it. You need to get it and go to figure out why you have imposter syndrome and why you, Nikki, have imposter syndrome still after all that stuff. Because none of that, uh, I, I mean, we all have imposter syndrome, definitely. If you don't, then you're just some self-centered. You're a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. So the fact is, we're all enough as we are. That to me, Lisa, enough as we are. I got to stop you because I hear that all the time in my recovery. And I hear that in every book I read. You know, whether or not you believe in God, a lot of it is the way you were born is the way you're supposed to be. You're perfect the way you are. Right. Now, let me... I have, I have, I have arrived there. I don't know how it's been through a lot of step work, a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. meet different things. I've, it's just, it's gotten in, you know? Yeah. Good, um, good. but for someone, for the, for someone who doesn't do that work or maybe doesn't have an addiction where they find themselves in a room that they can get that kind of work done. How mm-hmm. do you get to a place where you 
even can grasp the concept that how you came out is the way you're supposed to be. What if you came out a pedophile? Well, you know what I did and I worked on it and I no longer right. molest children. <laughs> so Which I think honestly though, so what if nice you come out and- You didn't have to fully retire though. What if you come out <laughs> well, a bad I person? That. I love that Andrew's going to give me <laughs> career advice. No, no, I'm saying every three months you can molest a kid. That's oh, all I'm saying. Oh, okay, well, I will. Probably. Tell your manager you're open to you, auditioning young children. It's about you, Lisa. No, but um, honestly, what, what what does that mean for I someone think, who let's not say I, let's say pedophile, let's say um someone who I used to feel ugly. Let's say someone is ugly yes. and like they just are because some people are ugly. Uh, wh what if you feel ugly and you go? I used to say to my mom, "How could you have sex with dad, knowing that somewhere?" Your your lineage could mix and make a child as ugly as me. Why would you inflict that on a human? And my mom used to be like, that is the weirdest thing. And I go, I'm so ugly. Why did you make me? How could you have done this? When And and you 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 aced it with Lauren. Your DNA mat mixed together. My sister got it. I, was, I right. felt so ugly. And there are times, though, and I talked about this earlier with my body image that I – you feel like, and I think a lot of people who are, you know, trans or who just have like a, a, a body that they don't feel comfortable in, which that's why I've always related to the trans community is because I truly feel like I wasn't supposed to be born in this body. I was supposed to be a supermodel. And I know that sounds nothing like trans people are going to be like, yeah, right. That's, <laughs> I just want to be who I am. I right. truly felt like I deserve to be Giselle, like have her body. And I felt so angry at God, my parents, whatever it was that I had to be put into this earth, not that. Where, how can I, or how can someone who's born without legs say I'm perfect as I am when truly it's I have, not, you know, I don't think it's perfect. I think that's what people get mixed up. No, mm. I think what it is, is I had a shrink in my twenties. And again, I just turned 60. We so all had to I, shrink in our twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, had, you had a I, shrink. I, I, okay, I, I thought shrink. you were like, I had to shrink and, uh, in my twenties. It's like, well, yeah, yeah so, we, we all felt that pressure. I've, I've had a shrink for like 40 years, like different ones. And the first one had said to me, and it finally got in there somehow when I was about 50. Um, she said, you're never gonna be the best. You're never gonna be the worst. You're never gonna be the prettiest. You're never gonna be the ugliest, but you're enough. And finally, after 30 more years of trying to do it with achievement and everything, I literally always kind of just think I'm enough. And I'm, I'm always, enough. sometimes I'm too much, like I know I'm too loud and I'll notice myself at a party going, oh, why do I need attention? Like, gosh, let the other people talk or, oh, why am I introverting myself and not speaking at all? So it's adjusting every day and just noticing how you act. And but it's I think okay it's if, saying, Nikki, if you you're never, I enough. hate to tell you this, you're never going to be the prettiest. You're never going to be the ugliest. You sound like my therapist, Donna. She used to I know, go, you're Donna, not you're a right. beauty. Yeah. You're never going to be a model. You're average looking and that's fine. And I used to I go, how I... could you say that to me? Wait, and but I think, I don't think she was right because I don't think there are, it, it's subjective. This is not math. But you just this said is... there's a best and the worst. Let's be honest. Like you just because said, you're no never going to be the best thing. or the because worst. It's, because so there it's an must artificial, be someone. No, there's an artificial construct it's not no one you could you could name who to you is the best looking and i could disagree and he right. could disagree and it would be totally someone different and the ugliest i know couples who trump we all agree yes. is the ugliest oh, yeah. i mean like i think that yes. what oh, actually oh. <laughs> that, we're all right on that but yeah. yeah i just think we're in other words all she was trying to say was to try to 
think of yourself as because we go from I'm the worst human being, the ugliest, most disgusting piece of shit to I'm the best. I'm the funniest. I know I'm sometimes I'm ass. the funniest and no and, one can touch me and I'm the best. All you can do is when you notice yourself thinking, notice if anybody does nothing from this podcast other than notice and go, huh, I notice I'm having that thought that I'm like, I'm the fucking best. Go, you know, noticing. What? you know what? Yeah, you're really good. And that's, that's what I said earlier, Lisa. I've been doing this thing for my body image where when I see uh, my leg and it's bigger than I want or paler or something mm-hmm. or my face is puffier, I told the, I told our listeners, I said, this new thing I've been doing, I've been doing it a while and now it's become, like you said, the um, changing the I have got to to I have to and now you just say I got I get to. Yeah. And it's now it's just you, you, it, you don't have to try it anymore. I used, for a while I was forcing myself every time I would have a thought, a negative thought in the mirror to just go... Well, you kind of look like a man today. And that is hilarious. And you know what? It's not always going to be. Just to like have a sense, to just go, oh, buddy, look at you looking like a man. To not deny it and go, no, you're beautiful. You love yourself. Yes. Yes. I'm so tired of that shit of like, love your body. You got to like, be like Lizzo. Like, be like, I can't overnight just love my body. And I'm not going to lie to women and create, because I feel threatened when I see a woman who is like, you know, someone that I would assume has body image issues. And they're like, I love every part of myself. And I go, no, do you? Because don't. you were on a juice cleanse two weeks ago. And yeah, that, right, so right. Uh, you're lying to me. Be honest that some days you don't love right. your body, but like be light about it. Is that like, well, is, well I, like, think, I think, I think humor, noticing and then if humor helps you, that's a great tool. Because, you know, I always joke on myself about what a big lesbo I look like. I don't care. I'm never going to win a beauty contest. But sometimes I look in the mirror because I dress, you know, cool. I'm like freaking nailing it. So you just go, yeah, but I'm not nailing it like for everybody else out there. I'm nailing it for me. So Mm. if I'm walking around at 60 years old thinking I'm okay, because really it's just like, I'm okay, I'm fine. And the humor does help. But I think the stuff about affirmations, I love myself. You can't go from I hate my body to I love my body. You have to go lying to yourself. You're abandoning yourself. But also, it's another thing not to live up to you and another false expectation. So it's looking in the mirror going, I'm okay today. I'm fine as I am today. And again, Mm. eventually, maybe when I'm 80, I'll look in the mirror and go, oh, I love every part of me. Not today. And that's all right. So I think it's taking all that pressure of the platitudes off you, the positive vibes only, all that shit that doesn't work and going, oh, I'm not great. I'm not terrible, but I'm fine. And talk I'll, to I'm me. Not, yes, go ahead. About that, about aging, about uh, looking, abandoning the pursuit of being uh, sexy, sexually desirable, fuckable. fuckable um, <laughs> yeah. Because Lisa, you have been fuckable before like oh, I don't like go- yes you have <laughs> i well, don't think so you, you have well, well i already i always had boys you, you at least were like you would you would embrace that feminine side of up. you yeah yes i always had boyfriends and husbands so i always said there's nothing better than the dead husband because it's proof you had a, you were hot enough to get somebody and then you don't have to live with the fucking asshole right. so i'm at the dead husband <laughs> place right now because i'm like i freaking have proof that i fucked before but i don't have to like wait they're not it. dead though your your ex-husband well, they're dead in your mind no 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 yeah. no yeah. no they're, okay they're I, I know one that speaks so highly of you and just oh, has so much other. love yeah. in his heart for you and um oh, yeah so that's well, so let me the, t- let me ask age, you about that yeah. 
The what about aging, what about well, that? Real quick, the aging part is so funny because I always said, you know, I'll never have surgery above the neck or Botox or anything because I'm like, I can accept the face. Like I think women have um, an easier time accepting their face because there's it's a very weird process to have to go through a lot of stuff up here. So mm -hmm. we're stuck with the same face the rest of our lives. So I just had the weight loss surgery from the neck down. I said, that's the only surgery I'll ever have. So I ne I think because I have a For young skin? attitude. Sorry, yeah, can I never, just? Never. Wait, no, no, so no, what was the weight loss surgery? Remember I had weight loss surgery 11 years ago. I lost 107 pounds. Yeah, was it the lap band or was it like- uh, No, it was called the sleeve where they the sleeve. Remove, and Then did you have like stomach. surgery nope. to, for the skin or anything like that? Okay, so no, I, to I me that's not to. like cosmetic surgery, but no, I guess it was, it was trying to achieve a cosmetic thing. And health too. Ultimate. I mean, I didn't and want health, to get diabetes. But mostly health, like yeah. yeah. So what, okay. what happened was I accept aging so easily because I think- I just was like, well, it's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to try to be something I'm not. So I think I don't shit on people who get surgery. It just, to me, seems like a sad pursuit that's never going to end well. It'd be mm -hmm. like if I pursued uh, being a uh, violinist right now. That's a sad pursuit that's not going to end well. No, My neighbors would hate me. I wouldn't be good at it. And why the fuck am I doing it? That's, uh, to me, facial man, that surgery. Hits me in the... I just started pursuing guitar at a ripe oh, yeah, old yeah. age, and I love that. it so much. <laughs> oh, now, good. If you love it's it, honestly great. what I want to do. What? I want to transition to be a singer songwriter. But I hear what you're saying in terms of like, you're you you're never what what you're looking <laughs> to get from violin or from fixing your face, which is love and acceptance of. If you're just yeah. fixing your face because you want to look like a shiny cat, like that's your goal, then <laughs> yes, like do that. But if you're doing it to be more fuckable, that's gonna no. have diminishing returns and. And th this is the thing I talk about on stage a little bit, and it's actually giving me hope about stand-up right now because the things we've talked about, I'm like, okay, you know what? I can talk about these things that I want to talk about yes. and still be funny about them and ease into more serious stuff. But one of the points I'd make to – because I remember being in my 20s and just thinking – looking at older women or women in their 30s, 40s, and, and so on. N not really beyond that because that's just like so – I'll kill myself before that because I was always just yeah. so depressed. But yeah. um, seeing women and just going – I just am not gonna age. I'm just not gonna do that. Like yeah. almost like you have a choice of like, I'm not gonna age. And I know that people in their twenties think they can opt out somehow. And with Bezos and his new like experiments he's doing, that potentially might be the case that there's no more aging. But right. it will ha it is an it is inevitable. And unless you die. I wanna go into our final thought. Uh this will take us out. Uh, the thing that I really struggle with with aging is that there's always something you can do that isn't the surgery, but it's something like it's a, a laser facial. That's let's not say yeah, you're going under the knife, but I'm just going to say just there's real makeup. Quick. I mean, yeah, makeup is great because uh, to why? me, why is makeup? Okay. For me, it is because it's not invasive. I'm not hurting myself. Got I, it. I don't, I would feel I'd be hurting myself physically. Cause I'm, I, as I told you, I'm adverse to physical risk. I think it had hurt too much. Like I have to get a colonoscopy next week and I don't even want to go. I will, but I know it's for health. A lot reasons. of lube. So oh, wait, yeah, okay. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> but I feel like here's the thing. It's everybody's own choice. I have to say that cause I'm woke, but I will say all people have to do is question why, if you're doing it only for you and being brutally honest and really say, I'm doing it for me. If a guy on a desert island wants plastic surgery because he and just for him because he and he doesn't see anyone, you go, oh, he's telling the truth. If I get it, 
I would be maybe thinking, what are other people thinking of me? So I have to look at my calendar every day. I have to, the why is more important than the how. So if mm. I'm looking at my calendar every day and I'm going, why am I doing Nikki's podcast? I'll be 100% honest with you. I'll give you in order why. Let's go. I love Nikki. I feel like we're kind of aunt and niece in a way because I go I older like, sister, younger sister aw, for me. That's cute. I, I just, for me, I just see, I okay. want it to be that because I want to be at your level. I want to okay. be like in okay. your ballpark. <laughs> okay. No, well, I just feel like I'm some old cunt who like, no, like, not to me. So I feel like, okay, first it was Nikki. The second reason I do the podcast is it's fun. The third thing is I'm trying to help these two comics with the podcast we're doing, Shameless Plug, Losers with a Dream, available everywhere. So the, those are fucking three great reasons to do this. because Ooh, nothing, And this. also, I love talking about myself and yes. my journey because I think it might help someone. Plus, I'm incredibly self-centered. Where am I on this like list? I'm just wondering. Um, you're fifth. You're fifth. Uh, I, okay. get to, I, I get thought to I was going to be 25th, to be honest. I'm yeah, we were going to let you keep going. Yeah, I, thought, you, I really there. wanted you to keep going to see <laughs> no, if I ever even got in the she top 15. forgot I to, that you were on the I show until she logged on today. No, I was happy. I get to stare at your sassy legs. Because men sometimes have terrible legs and yours. No, are he has great legs. They're yes. enviable. Uh, Lisa, I love <laughs> I love that. I Everything love... has intention. Yes. And none of that was outer focused in a negative way. Mm -hmm. So yes, you might say, well, you're trying to help those guys on the podcast. Isn't that focused on them? I guess, but it makes me feel good to help. So I guess there's and it's a zero sum game. Is gonna help people. Like that's I listened to some Sam Harris podcast long ago about yeah. what your purpose is with your work. And if you can't look and see how it's helping mm -hmm. others and making the world a better place, like what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? And I I really and we can always argue that like comedy people go, oh, my God, you got me through the pandemic, your roast clips. And I'm just like, listen to my like when people that's the thing. I want to just be clear when people compliment me about my stand up. It doesn't get in because I just feel like it is a magic act. Um, mm. And I have a harder time accepting those compliments right. when I get compliments about this podcast. It is it fills my soul in a way that I've never had it oh, filled. And that see? is why I. This podcast has changed everything for me because it was conceived of the same reasons that you just listed. I want it to be fun. I want to yeah. do it with my friends. That's why I do it every day. They didn't even ask me to do it every day. Right. I could have gotten paid the same to do it once a week <laughs> for an hour. And I do an hour and 20 plus minutes four times a week yes. because it fills my soul. And 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 I didn't even know that it was going to turn into something where we had a fan. It was always my like dream to have a fan base of people that, and that's why I'm so glad to have you on the show because your podcast is exactly what my listeners are into. So Aww. I implore you all right now, just give it a subscribe. Like Lisa and, and I, when we quit stand up, we could always go back to it. You could subscribe to this and you can always unsubscribe if you don't like it. Just yeah, give it a subscribe. Don't, if you don't, I blame you because not you, Nikki, your listeners, because yeah. you should like to go deep and laugh at the same time. And I yes, think that's what the will. future of comedy really is. And so yeah, it's called I, I'm going to give it a subscribe. And if you have time in your podcast life, give it a subscribe, listen to it and see if you like it because honestly, I'm so glad to have you on because Aww. this is 
you were I realized when you mentioned that hysterical documentary, which, by the way, if you've not seen that, it's an FX documentary. It's on Hulu. It is yeah. so good. I'm so proud to be in it. And there's a lot of documentaries I'm in that I can't say the same. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, we get asked to do a lot of these things. So this yes. one is truly done so well and um, is so beautiful. And I even I watched my own scenes in that and I cried because I was like, Aww. this poor girl. Like, I got to see myself in third person. But what I want to say is like. You, I'm realizing it now, you were the first one that planted the seed in my head that I could do something else and Aww. and not have it come from a place of like, oh, I'm just not, this isn't giving me what I want career-wise anymore. It's about, it's not giving me what my soul needs. And what my soul needs is not love and like acceptance from others. It's that I I, I know from recovery that giving back and being of service to others and trying to make people feel good about themselves and feel as good as I feel is the only way I feel good. Like I can't 100%. feel good unless I give it back. And it took me so long to figure that out. But this podcast has allowed me to do that. And that's why I'm so freaking grateful for the listeners and that they get that. And we have yeah. some that don't and I'll lose them. But you know, okay. I'm going to lose fans. You probably have fans that are like, what the fuck are you doing oh, now, Lisa? Of what course. did you, well, you abandoned us? What, how do you oh, do yeah. with that? Oh, I crack up because I'm like, well, I'm um, a secretary's allowed to retire. A businessman's allowed to retire. Like, why wasn't I? Mm -hmm. And I go, there are plenty of comics out there who are really funny. I hope you enjoy some of them. Because it's like, I can't control what people think. Uh, in the old days with my comedy, I always liked that it was love me or hate me. I wasn't ever, I like mm. her. It was like, I love her or I hate her. So I always liked that. So it's polarizing. Now it's just like, oh, I don't have to be polarizing. I could just be like, oh, that's fine if you don't like me. It's really, it, it, and it comes that's with really age. really hard to get I think to. It, I think it comes with age because, you know, I'll see a comment. I rarely look at social media other than Instagram because it's fun. And if I'll see a bad comment, I'm like, oh, okay, that's okay. They don't like me and I just delete it or whatever. So I think it's very interesting. It's it's working on yourself so much that you inarguably can like yourself a majority of the day. It's never going to be 100%. No, it's not. And the mood, by the way, liking every mood that comes in. I could be happy one minute cry, you know, over painting the door, then sad the next time because I feel I let my dad down. So you embrace all the feelings, you have all the feelings and they and they all pass eventually. So yeah. I think that's the stuff I like to talk about now and why I like having a little platform for it. And I'm glad you do that on here and don't just have some surfacy, funny podcast because, eh, you know, I've we, done I it want, before I and want, it served, yes, I want, it served right. me and I'm so grateful I had comedy to like cut through and not sure. feel the pain because the pain would have killed me if I felt sure. it back in the day. Survival. I can handle well, it now. You know what? Yeah. You know what they say? People can't be at their best when they're in survival mode. And you were in survival mode, so you weren't at your best, meaning you've defined yeah. best. For mm. you is soul filling. It's not always funny, funny, funny. I was in survival mode up on that stage and on the TV appearances. I mean, I did the Tonight Show 13, 14 times panel Jesus. just on the couch, just bang, 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 like oh, rickles, yeah. you know, rickles, rickles, rickles. And I was like, that's survival mode. So of course I wasn't at my best. And then I wasn't at my best off stage. But now I feel like, oh, probably at least 60% of the time I could be at my best in my life. Yeah, And I'm like, wow, that feels pretty good. Hopefully when I'm 80, it'll be 80%. Who knows? And you know, you're right. It's like, I think that so much of self-help people get discouraged because they're like, I... I, I I had a bad mood. I I yelled at my oh. spouse. I I hated my body that day. I ate too much. And it's like you're gonna have slips. And it's about just being like, oh, well, 
That yeah. happened. And being gentle, being nice, you wouldn't, you know, I always go back to if you overeat, like, which is my, you know, uh, yeah. coping mechanism du jour. Uh, now, instead of going, you mother, you dumb, fat piece of shit, you lay, you knew, like, now you feel sick. Yeah. Instead of that, I just go, oh, babe, that was, you had some feelings just now, and this Aww. helped you, and that is, that's what you needed, and maybe. Don't do that next time, but if you do, it's okay. Why don't okay. you just go write, why don't you sing a song or listen to a, one song? And if you want to go back to the food, you can, but just listen to one song, three minutes. Wow. And it's just, it's being gentle because it's it's just. People, people put, put it this way. It's practice. No one, no one ever made permanent change by yelling at themselves or being yelled at. You make permanent change by being gentle. But parents, the right parents understand that. Yes. So when we're look, I overeat or at least one, uh, at least bosses. once a day. I, I eat the small meals because of my stomach size. I have to eat like six, seven times a day, very, very tiny amounts. At least one of those times out of six, it'll be two, three bites too much. And I'll be like, Jesus Christ. And then I go, hmm, I guess you needed it. Okay. Yes, I one guess meal, you one needed meal at it. A, and, and you know what? One meal at a time. And you know what? I missed my smoothie yesterday. Oh no! Am I gonna die? No, I'll have one today. So it's I guess noticing. you needed to miss it. I get like that. That guess I guess so. you needed it is the perfect thing. Like I guess you needed to just yell at yourself in the mirror. Like be gentle with even the abusive things we do. I guess of you course. needed that to smoke that weed. I guess you needed to slam that door or honk that horn or yell yeah. "fuck you" to that guy. Like. I guess I needed it. Forgive yourself, and yes. then it will lead to less behavior like that. We've learned so much. Thank you, Lisa Lampanelli. Please, please go subscribe to her podcast, Losers with a Dream. Uh, I can't wait to give it a listen myself. Lisa, thank you so much for being here today. You just echo everything that I believe in and and – are, are Nikki, just gonna make me go paint all the doors in my ah! apartment and cry while I do it and feel Nikki, so good about I it. knew I knew when I met you at Stern. Well, actually, I met you in Stanford and Sons. I didn't know because you were shy. Yeah. But when I met you at Stern, I said she's somebody I'm gonna have deep connection mm. with, and I always <laughs> am so grateful because there's so few comics that you can really talk about this stuff with. And I'm not friends with a lot of comics. So when I saw you on Bill Maher, I reached out to you. I was like, oh my yeah. god, that was so great. And I'm just thrilled for every step you're taking i'm so fucking proud of your emotional growth and your stick to with that and also just man if you could just be easy on yourself it's fine andrew i even love you because nikki loved you oh, see that man. there that almost so- means a lot to me <laughs> <laughs> I thank love you it. lisa thank you for listening we'll see you tomorrow on the show don't be good Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We are talking every single episode of every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.